taken the black. I have taken the black, Micah. Uh, you will see over the uh, next ensuing months, I will be growing uh, a beard um, to keep out. Uh, I like winters. how you said months because if anybody knows you, they know that. Uh, well, you're <laughs> facially hair challenged. Is that fair to say? Oh, wow. How do you know this about? I guess I complain about it quite often. Well, look, I mean, I've known you for what eight years now. <laughs> Never had facial. Hair. I don't think I've ever seen you with facial hair. I mean, you've attempted it once or twice, possibly. Yes. Uh, to complete a Robin Hood uh, costume or something of the like, which I did, but um, after that, it just became uncomfortable. It stayed where it was. It was really annoying. Um, it must be that it's just so so light and so fair that it's it's impossible <laughs> to see, but it's there at the end of the day. Precisely. But uh, I I do I will need one. Um, I will need to equip myself with one if I am to uh, guard the wall. Wow. Um, because now that I've now that I've taken the black parenthesis. Stout, close parenthesis. You know, I've got to guard the realm. Um, Basically, uh, Selena, one of the things that you need to add to your list for whenever you return to across the pond to stateside is to visit Amagong Brewery in New York City. Of course, to try the Game of Thrones uh, beers. And try the Game of Thrones beers. I have now had them both. And which do you like best? Um, Probably the Blonde Ale. It's called the Iron Throne. Mm -hmm. But... But that's only because personal preference for beer, Blondale. Um, but Take the Black Stout is surprisingly good. It's similarly hearty, uh, you know, just like any stout would be, I guess. I'm not really, it's funny to hear me talking, hear myself talking about beer, beer terms because I don't know anything <laughs> about beer. It tastes like other stouts, but it's better and you can defend the realm and enjoy your glass. I, I just, have to give my my hats off to the Amagong Brewery. They um, were at an event in River North, or actually it was in Logan Square in Chicago yesterday, and um, basically they had both beers available, as well as uh, they screened Blackwater in a theater. And cool. uh, awesome. I just kind of stumbled upon this event, but it was a lot of fun, and um, there was a costume contest. Did you win? About, uh, <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, no, I did not participate, but I did enjoy it, and I put pictures on social media and all well, that, that stuff. That is so. that is awesome. But um, you know, guys, I've been I've been sitting on this for like five minutes. You have to let me get it get it out, right? So speaking of beers and beards, let's talk about Remley. Ah ha 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 ha! Oh. Get it, get it. Yeah, I just had to put that out there. What about him? Well, beards, you know, it's his chapter. <laughs> Do you get it now? You get it? Yeah. So you find speaking of Brienne. Okay. <laughs> no, but this is exactly. a this is really a a great chapter, I thought, uh and we saw it play out pretty much the same mm-hmm. in the show. It, there's a lot more context here obviously. As there is with any chapter, we got a lot of backstory on Storm's End. Yeah, you know, honestly, I was going to say I don't think I think this chapter is one of the one of the ones that are most different from the books or from the TV show so far, just because of all the, all the character it had, you know, all the backstory, all the humor. Like this is one of my favorite chapters in the book so far. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I thought just from an overall standpoint, though, it played out very similar. Uh, oh, to yeah. The show. yeah, Of course. Yeah. But it, it worked well as a, as a book, you know, like most of the stories, you know, you see them on screen and you think, oh, well, the TV show did that really well. But this chapter actually, Work better in book form 
just because of like the how snarky it was. It was super snarky. I thought that the snarks would actually never end. I was surprised to find the Sansa chapter immediately after this because I thought Stannis and uh, Renly would reunite and come back and dish some more. I mean, they did have a parting of ways, of course, after all of this, but uh, they're kind of lingering behind us. This chapter ended in sort of uncertainty. Um, you know, what was going to happen next, except to say that Renly had no intention of yielding to Stannis's wishes. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Catelyn's stuck there. I, I would have guessed if I hadn't looked ahead in the chapters, I would have guessed that we'd be hearing more about this very shortly. Of course, we will be because the chapter after next is Catelyn again. Um, but, uh, really it's just kind of, this is, I saw this as part one of two, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the Renly Stannis issue. Um, but we know, of course, that things do get wrapped up. I love the backstory in Storm's End. I thought Me that too. was just so brilliant. Me too. Do you know the Greek story of Persephone? Yeah, I think this story, to me, it screamed Lord of the Rings. I mean, to me, it was a clear nod to Arwen and Argon uh, and her okay. giving up her mortality to uh, to be with him. But, you know, there could be more than one sort of reference in there. Yeah, I get that. I thought it was very that's, that's... Lord of the Rings-ish. But you're Maybe. right, definitely. I hadn't thought of the Greek mythology. Well, I think the fact that she was the daughter of gods. Right, of kind course. Of spoke that's to me true, that. that's true. But but then elves are like gods because mm -hmm. they're immortal. Like oh, supernatural beings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So certainly these uh images exist or these words exist, the text exists for us to draw images from them. Um it's a sign of a good writer that we both kinda go into the same chapter and come out with two different things. Well let me add a third. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, <laughs> Micah, go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say perhaps uh Lord of the Rings was based off of the Greek myth and then <laughs> oh, George R. R. Martin is go. basing his off of Lord of the Rings. So it, yes. it all kind of ties. It's together. all made based on King Arthur anyway, so why are we even discussing <laughs> I'm waiting for Eric. I'm waiting for you to mention the Children of the Forest because they did get a mention here in this oh, I chapter. I do want to mention they the Children did. of the Forest, but I have a question for Selena before we do that. Selena, would you, if you were the daughter of gods, if you could control the wind, okay. would you give up your, mortal your immortality for a man? <laughs> for a man? Um, <laughs> wind control man? Oh, I don't know. I'd, it would depend on the man, I think. But no, <laughs> probably not. Okay. Just don't know so what that says about me. We're yeah. sure. Because immortality seems pretty badass, but yeah. I guess it's really about... And well, you'd be like, basically was... you'd be like an avatar here. I mean, let's, let's face it. <laughs> there would be other men. <laughs> so the children of the forest, it's kind of like a... They were craftsmen, builders. Yes. <laughs> it's like, who are you going to call when <laughs> the gods keep knocking your castle down? Children. Let's call the children. Do -do 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 -do. The seventh attempted castle is the one that is currently standing at Storm's End. Wow, guys, yes. just wow. Can you imagine the number of peasants who died <laughs> trying to build any one of the... It's a castle. It's a fortress. It's a... He built seven of them. And trying inside to them. lie the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is the most magically Hogwarts, powerful number, after all. But yeah, I mean, the Children of the Forest totally helped him out. I was, I was thrilled, clearly. Um, although that is just a rumor, Micah. That's unconfirmed. Unless you it could have, have heard been a, the small the boy that would later be Bran the Builder as well, which I yes. thought was really cool. It could have been Bran. It could have been the Children of the Forest. Maybe Bran was a child of the forest. <gasps> we don't know. Game changer. But yeah, no, absolutely. I think you know we've we've talked talked about this for a long time, but now, but I think it is it is very interesting. It's actually one of the little backstories that George R. R. Martin sprinkles in there that I've enjoyed the most so far, and I think it's just. 
I mean, the fact that he can just take something like this, he pulled this out of thin air. I mean, let's come on, you know, <laughs> he was like, I need yeah. a bit of backstory on uh, Storm's End here. Oh, I know there was a woman. And yeah, <laughs> the stones, though, are so and, and this is a quote from the books, cunningly placed yes. that there is no way that any wind at all can get into the castle to cause a problem. And it has withstood apparently it's older than anybody ever believed here. I was thinking, okay, yeah, it's a couple centuries old. I think it's like centuries upon centuries upon centuries old. So yes. it's been there for so a long time. So you can time. see Nobody's- why, um, why Stannis was pissed that Robert gave that he didn't get it. Yeah. Cause it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And he's, what does he got? Dragonstone, right? Mm-hmm. And Dragonstone doesn't, uh, Dragonstone lets some wind in. Let's be honest. So yes. Yeah, Damn exactly, exactly. It's uh, like on a stone in the middle of the sea. You know, yeah, you get it. You get why he's pissed. But at the same time, I really like that we get Catelyn's perspective on these two brothers because you really get to see how flawed both of them are in each their own way. Like Stannis is so bitter about everything. And he just, it's it's so funny to see these two. Like Renly just takes nothing seriously and he just throws like joke after joke after joke after joke. And I have like a thousand owns. Uh, and I can't choose which one because they were all brilliant. Whereas Renly, you know, Stannis just comes there like he doesn't give an inch. You know, There's, it's never going to mm. work the piece, and it's it's so sad. Well, 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 he does, he does, he does, he does offer to name Renly his heir until such time as he comes up with a son. That's that is that's pretty cool. That is that's true. something cool to get in writing. Um, at, at yep, least make but, sure they both sign on the dotted line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I I think that um you know then perhaps Renly may. I mean, do you think to Renly that killing Stannis is an option? Because we see very really that killing Renly is certainly an option for Stannis. But do you think, do you think Renly's actually considering cutting his head off of his older brother? I mean, I'm sort of Renly biased, so I would say no, but I know that a lot of our listeners don't really share that, uh, that view. So yeah, maybe. It's, it's definitely hard to tell. I don't see Renly as that type of person, though. I mean, you look at the whole waiting game that takes place where Catelyn shows up first, and then Stannis <laughs> is the guy who's on time. You yeah. know, he's punctual. And then Renly just kind of shows up. Swaggers he, in, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. saunters in. Late. Exactly, exactly. And I just don't think Renly is serious enough to actually kill his brother at the end of the day. I think that there would be a moment where should Renly have won this battle where he would almost either let Stannis go or force him to bend the knee, which I don't think would end up happening. I don't, I don't think Stannis would allow himself to ultimately have to serve Renly. I think he yeah. would choose death before that. So I yeah. think Stannis would essentially you know, be his own undoing as opposed to Renly wanting to kill him. Mm-hmm. That if that I makes think, sense, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, so Renly is still able to quip about you know the potential for that. He, he's he's got a good poker face at the very least. If we're agreeing that, well, I mean, I think he wouldn't mind the, you know engaging Stannis to prove you know that he's better because there is a cockiness about Renly. There is that wonderful line which I'm so glad was in the series about old men deny your kingship with their death rattle, newborns in the womb. It's um. You know, he, he talks a good talk, yeah, I think, a, about it all. And, you know, when, when he realizes uh, another humorous moment, when he realizes that Stannis has changed his, his banner, essentially, 
Um, he says, well, that, that's great. That it would have been really confusing to have the stags on both sides running into battle. Um, but yeah, it's this kind of, Stannis has an interesting character because these changes that he's made have gone off, you know, kind of in the background. And these are the time, the first time that, um, Catelyn is hearing about the Red Priestess at, at Stannis's side. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the first time that Catelyn is hearing about the letter that he sent to everybody because she didn't get it somehow. Um, they sent like, what, 117, didn't they? Um, but yeah, anyway, this is, so we learn a few things about Stannis that have kind of, he's just somebody who, who broods a lot, you know, things like, uh, Ned's hand of the king, Ned's taking the hand of the king status. Um, apparently Stannis wanted that. It's like, oh, okay. But you know, you know what I've, I've been thinking, cause what you guys said, I mean, Micah, you were talking about Renly not being serious enough. And, and I think the fact that he talks a big game, I th I think that's true. And, and I just, I, I had this realization as, as you were speaking, uh, Eric, that I think there's, there's one main reason that I like Renly so much and it has nothing to do with how good of a king he is. It's how nice he is to Brienne. <laughs> like, I just like it. It makes him sympathetic to me because here is this poor woman. Everybody laughs. You know, she, she, she everybody laughs at her. She's, she's ugly. She's not, you know, she wants this path that nobody really respects. And here, you know, Renly, he comes up. Brienne is carrying his banner. You know, you said that the, this priestess, the woman was carrying both of their banners. I actually thought it was a nice little twist, but Brienne is carrying his banner. He even lets her like dress him. And it's just, I, I don't know. He takes like pity on he her. Lets and I like her that. Dress him. <laughs> Renly, I don't want to get too harsh on Renly here, but I, I, here's my take on it. I just think he was flattered. By Brienne's act of valor there to, you know, when she won, won the tournament previously. I think he previously. is flattered, yeah, but I think he, 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 he humors her a little bit, which I guess isn't necessarily a good thing, but it's, it's, it's perhaps more than, more than others would, would do. Right. That's true. It's, but I mean, you know, you slap some armor on that, uh, you know, Brienne, and you really can't tell she's a woman. So it's, That's... you know, for all outward appearances, I guess it doesn't really matter that much. And, if her inward appearances, he's he's doing a solid. Do you do you think though that Renly is identifiable to a lot of us though, just because he seems to be more new age? You know, he's not afraid to put yeah. a woman uh, as part of his Kingsguard, right? Mm -hmm. And just the overall way that he approaches things, he seems to ha just have a more laid back attitude towards life, and not saying that that's good because clearly if he's looking to be a king and he's looking to rule and make important decisions, he yeah. needs to have a little bit more counsel. And that's the one thing I think that probably he lacks more than anything else. You know, he has this massive army that he surrounded himself with, but he doesn't seem to have somebody, you know, that's sort of his right hand person who is advising him. I said Laura. Strategically. <laughs> Right, but Loris um, yes, is Sir Loris. 21. <laughs> yeah. If that, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. more seasoned veteran, you know, he, he mentions Selmy family, uh, as part of his army. And I can't help to think, you know, because he also asks about, um, Sir Barristan in an earlier chapter, you know, uh -huh. would that have been somebody valuable for him to have by his side? Well, nobody's going to protect you against the shadow baby. <laughs> Oh, on the shadow hand. baby. It's coming, but guys. <laughs> it's, I cannot wait to see what happens wow. in the book, how the hell it is shown in the book. Well, you don't see it in the book. I mean, unless you're just yeah, expecting yeah. a 
completely blank page. Uh, oh my god, that was a, so cool! Just <laughs> nice little drawing by George. Uh, blank page with like nothing but three words in parentheses. I kill you. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I kill you. <laughs> I wanted to go back to we were talking a little bit about how Stannis was not very happy with the fact that Ned became Hand of the King. I thought that whole exchange between Stannis and Catelyn was just very cold. Um, but still, at the end, he promises justice for what happened to Ned and to return Arya and Sansa, should they be alive. Or actually, it didn't matter, right? Catelyn inferred what he was saying is, well, I'll return your children to you one way or another. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't matter, basically. But it seemed that you know, there's certain level of respect that could be inferred from the television show between Stannis and Ned. Whereas, and, and, and really, I think a lot of people have commented on this, uh, that Stannis is a little bit more personable in the show than he is in the books. Like you, you really get to see in this exchange between him and Catelyn, how ice cold he is as it relates to certain things. That's, that's true. But I mean, just the idea that Catelyn can be privy to this conversation between the two of them, she can say things like, if I were your mother, I would, you know, put, put, lock you both up and, and, and make sure that it became resolved. The fact that she can say that to the two most prominent for, or two most forerunners, uh, for the kingship, you know, Renly, obviously it doesn't bother him that somebody just told him that, but, you know, for Stannis, it's a little harder to hear. They both hear it and they both just kind of deal with her presence there. Nobody sends her away. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just have two brothers here who are butting heads and that they don't want to come to any sort of agreement because they both feel that they're the rightful heirs. And, and it goes back to a point I think that a number of you guys have brought up on the show over and over and over again. And Renly even mentions it in this chapter. If Robert was a usurper, does it really matter at the end of the day who the next in line is to take the throne? Well, people feel that there will just be chaos of another person who's not the established, you know, under the old – people want everything the same as it was with the Targaryens, but without the Targaryens, right? you know, who are very, very few. But you did ask about uh, Renly's council, and I just wanted to – double check wasn't he on the king's council Renly, yeah yeah he was so i mean do you think that he just thinks he's following his own advice because his own advice was good enough for robert or <laughs> well, something like that maybe i mean i just think he's 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 been in the center of the action ever since robert got the throne renley has been right there by his side he's seen all the mistakes robert's made he's probably had all those like him and him and laura's have been like in the background like oh i would have been so much better than this oh yeah you would you know so he's built like himself Rose up like rosie and guildenstern and hamlet <laughs> But yeah, but like he's built himself up. He's got all these people telling him, "You'll be amazing. You'll be amazing." He's basically like Rob, but without the the stark somberness, you know. Because Rob is in the same situation. He's got all these advisors wanting him to to lead them to power, but Rob is just more more thoughtful and less, for lack of a better word, flamboyant. I don't mean it in that way, but you know, like less fancy tents and outfits and and quips and stuff like that. Yeah, and Catelyn even alludes to that. She says that you, you guys are fighting each other while Rob is off fighting the Lannisters, who yeah, are the exactly. real enemies in all of She's this. She's like, my son's the only one doing anything. <laughs> well, I wanted to touch on this because I thought this was a big reveal moment in this chapter because it comes right from Stannis' mouth when he says that he went to Jon Arryn mm, yeah. about Joffrey. 
it just further implicates Cersei in the poisoning of John Aaron. Uh. But I, I really think that at this point it's been said otherwise that because doesn't she say I wish I knew. Who, who who killed him? Well, she definitely has you know a, a role to play in his death because certainly Grandmaster Pycelle is you know not doing anything to relieve him of the pain that's being inflicted or the the, the poison that's in his blood. You know they send that other maester away because that maester was actually helping bring him back, whereas you know Pycelle steps in and is doing. Um, you know, more harm than good is basically allowing him to die here. And I think that's through Cersei. There's no doubt about that part of it. But the question is, how did he come to be in that state in the first place? Yeah. But, you know, it's the fact that Stannis instigated John Aaron's concerns, that's, that is a twist. That is a new development, at least. Well, because he says Robert would never have believed it from me. He would only have believed it from somebody who was very close to him, like John mm-hmm. Aaron. He loved John Aaron. Like the father he never had. Let's introduce the uh, presidents of the United States to sing the song Peaches. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bradley pulls a peach out of his uh, doublet there. Oh. <laughs> has a little bit of a snack while he's talking to Stannis. And I just can't oh help my think God. to myself. You know, it's, he's basically saying, you know, I have Highgarden. On my side, I have the Tyrells. Look at this yeah. fruit. It's the ju- is this not <laughs> well, the juiciest I, peach that you've I ever there seen? Was some sexual. Stannis. I loved. I love when they're like, "Oh, what's he gonna pull out of his pocket?" And it's like a peach. <laughs> yes, yeah, Stannis goes for his sword. He's I like, know, "Lightbringer, there you go." Lightbringer is gonna carve a, <laughs> a peach. <laughs> slice a peach. In Let's half. share yeah, the but peach. Slice- <laughs> but wasn't there a little bit of sexual reference there as well? Oh yeah, I'm not and, and sure. with, there was a lot of innuendo and in, in, I don't know with the peach specifically, but there were a lot of. of, of I've references. always thought of Renly as more of a banana man myself. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> well, is that what you wanted I, me I to say? Was, no, no, no. <laughs> I thought it was a reference to Marjorie. Uh, oh, because not too long after that, he talks about how she came to him as a maiden, oh, and then Stannis right. jokes about how well if She'll she's lying in way. your bed, she's gonna mm-hmm. stay that way. Oh gosh, well, and then uh, Renly, as a retort, references the Lannister letter that we now see has gone out, claiming that uh, the fool has been betting Stannis's wife for yeah. him. Brendan was really like good this, with the though. comebacks, but I thought that cro- that one crossed the line. I was yeah, like, oh. I agree with you. <laughs> well, it's just like he said it like it was common knowledge, which means that, you know, for all intents and purposes, Lannister's uh, smear campaign is working. Yes. Or T- Tyrion's, you know, specifically was behind that. Th- this is his blood, though, at the same time. And, you know, he can insult Stannis's wife, but I thought – you know when he when he when he really crossed the line was when he insulted Shireen. The daughter, because yeah, right. that's his niece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should. Yeah, not cool, Renly. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote on. I the, hope a shadow baby gets you. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote that he was being a bit of a dick in this. Scene. He, he kind of was a little bit, a little bit over the top. But then again, Stan is. I mean, Renly is it's sort of escalating. Stan is just doesn't give an inch, and I I think Renly just sort of. Amps himself up because of it, you know. He's, he, I mean, Renly is just more leisurely um, than Stannis. It's yeah. any way you slice it, it, that's the kind of situation. And and now, Selena, I recall you remarking, and I think a lot of us agreed with you at the time, a couple, maybe fifty to a hundred episodes of Goo ago, <laughs> that Renly would make the perfect king on the throne. So, do you still feel that way? Because you know, 
people I mean, like Marguerite in the show who are nice to the peasants, things like that. Do you think that Renly would still make a good king for this for this role? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think that I think Renly thinks he's going to be a good king. I think if he actually did get the throne because of the climate it was in. Well, okay. I, I honestly, yes, I do think that Renly would, in a perfect world, make a really good king. He would be fair. He would be nice. He would be, like Micah said earlier, you know, he is more forward thinking. He is thinking more like we're thinking nowadays, you know, equality. I bet he would give all of his council a vote, you know, like I, <laughs> I really think he would be good. But in, in Westeros, in this climate, I, if he got the throne, I mean, someone would have, assassinated him within a month just because he's too trusting and he's not he's not good enough but i mm. wish he was you know if he if he'd lived another 20 years i think he would be really good so there and and with loris and marjorie and their weird little family that they would have at that point <laughs> well i believe that takes us to owns I believe it does. You kind of said my quote earlier, but I'm still going to... Please, please. It's full glory. I know I butchered it. Okay. It was a mummer's farce when I did it. Well, I almost, I almost picked the one that, at the end of the chapter when Renly said, uh, Laura's help, stay here and help me pray <laughs> because I thought that was that was funny. That was smoothly done by Renly there. But I did end up going with, with the quote, uh, which Eric uh, alluded to earlier. When Renly says, the whole of the realm denies it, brother. Old men denied with their death rattle and unborn children denied in their mother's wombs. They denied in Dorne and they denied on the wall. No one wants you for their king. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's how really I imagine that last. That last Is sorry. that his emphasis on the sorry? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then they denied on the Dorne and denied on the wall. It's like a rap song is beginning here. Yeah. It's a, it's well, very, I, that's very good a quote. great point that you brought up too, though, is that he actually makes Catalan stay. He doesn't yeah. let her go back to River Run. No. And so that's, I don't know if they really pointed that out in the, in the show, but he basically wants her to stay and watch him win. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I think Renly knows that Catelyn thinks it probably should go to Stannis. Do you think? Do you think so? Well, that's why he makes her stay because oh. well, he's she's like she's like on the fence, I guess. You know, because she knows what's proper and she doesn't think there should be any more. She's an Occam's Razor type of gal. Uh, Catelyn is mm-hmm. so she wants the simplest, you know, thing. But Renly, I think it's important for Renly that Catelyn see him win because if if he were to win, we discussed this in this episode. Um, Stannis, it means Stannis is probably dead. So he'll be out of the picture right. if, if Renly is to win, which means that there's no more opposition, which means that Renly is the new king. It will help Catelyn and all her posse, um, <laughs> bend the knee easier. Um, you know, if she yeah. sees him victorious yeah, and, and that sort of thing. Because so. Ren- Renly is more likely to cooperate with, with Rob than Stannis is. So I think just based on that, she would want Renly to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I always thought of her. I mean, perhaps this is just reading into it from the show too. That you know, she she likes Renly, uh, maybe even likes him more than Stannis. But I, I don't think there's a question in her mind that it should go to to Stannis. Yeah. Um. In terms of because she has a little bit. I mean, she's not Ned, but she does have a little bit of that stark honor in her at this point. So the fact that that Stannis is older. That alone means that he is technically the rightful heir, even though I still contest that because Robert isn't the rightful anything. Renly, I, I totally agree with Renly on this, like, because St- Robert took the throne, then surely, like, the whole succession thing is kind of void now. No, no, it's not, though. But because I think the whole it should point be. Of, 
the the whole point of instilling any king, any one king, is to maintain all the great things like line of succession, but with a new candidate. They essentially, the right candidate for king was not the warrior Robert, although, I mean, many people would agree with that anyway, but somebody with a long line of sons who have sons who have sons, you know? Right, right. so like, it goes back to the Targaryens, and we know that there are yeah. several running around somewhere. Exactly, so it's, it, I mean, Robert took the throne, Robert took it from the Targaryens, so now that it was Robert, I just think that the whole stand is being like, oh, it's mine by right. No, it's not. It was, you know, Robert. But it is it. though, because imagine that Robert was just another Targaryen. It wouldn't go. But he to wasn't. His he wasn't brother. a younger. Uh, he wasn't another Targaryen. He took the but throne. But I'm saying when you the the rules of the realm though state that the line of succession still occurs. The fact that they displaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the fact that Robert already took it means that mm-hmm. surely one of his brothers, like it's not that bad. I don't know. I'm glad we don't live in like Westeros, Eric. <laughs> but that's why that's why other people are are in in run in the running for the throne, right? That's why yeah, the phrase exactly. one, one involved and and everybody else kind of want because mm-hmm. they do believe, as you do, that it's just for the taking, and that's right. It's exactly right because if Robert did it, anybody else could just do it. Well, yeah. I think there's always that threat, though, isn't there, that somebody can come along and disrupt the peace of the realm and decide mm-hmm. that they want to be king. And it's up to the whoever's in power to prevent that from happening, and that's exactly what the Lannisters are doing right now. So, well, that's exactly why alliances between the families are so important is, you know, in addition to your um, ruling and your being on the throne, you also need to schmooze these other families and make sure that people are getting what they need so that they can support you in times of invaders. Right. And there's actually a line in the next chapter that ties into uh, what you're saying. But I also think, to your point, there's a, a whole paragraph in this chapter where Renly just completely and utterly throws down and names probably <laughs> 10 to 15 families that he yes. has on his side that Stannis you know, initially mocks as just pieces of cloth. You know, and he said, well, at the end of the day, these are the people that are going to be by my side. Um, but what you guys were just talking about actually plays right into my own, um, which goes to Renly, who says the Targaryens called Robert usurper. He seemed to be able to bear the shame. So shall I. <laughs> that was very, very good. Um, and Micah, you just mentioned it. The houses, here they are. House Rowan, House Tarly, House Karen, House Tarth. House Penrose, House Fossaway, House Coy, House Mullendore, House Estermont, Selmy, House Hightower, Oakheart, Crane, Caswell, Crane. Blackbar, Morrigan, Beesbury, Shermer, Dunn, Footley, and Stannis' own wife's house, Florent. There's a lot of these that I have not heard again since this chapter, I think. <laughs> he, just, mm. he just wrote them. George <laughs> just made them up on the spot. In fact... The thing is, there are so many houses to keep track of. I bet Stannis doesn't even know that Renly made half of those houses up. True. I um, <laughs> made them up. But maybe it's the mark of a good king maybe that he has he that much attention to detail. <laughs> he can name all of his bannermen. Yeah. Um, my own is either going to that or it's going to Storm's End, and I'm leaning towards Storm's End. Congratulations, Storm's End. Uh, you win. Yeah, and the I best think castle. <laughs> it was set up really well. I mean, we we clearly know the, the siege that took place at Storm's End going back to the time of Ned and Robert, but also, you know, keeping that in mind that Storm's End is sort of this impenetrable castle, right? Uh-huh. Nothing gets in or out, right. essentially. So just Except something for Davos, to bear in the mind. Onion Knight. 
<laughs> heading to yes, except for Davos. Uh, something to bear in mind heading into these upcoming chapters because there is a little bit of a change um, in the books that what took place in the TV series. So uh, well, we won't go into it because obviously we're going to talk about it in upcoming episodes. Well, guys, we have just given our owns for the chapter, and we want to take this opportunity to remind you that you can give us your owns at any time of day. Seven days a week via our social media or email outlets yeah. on Twitter. On Twitter, you can find us at twitter.com slash game of owns via email. You can contact us contact at game of owns.com. And we are on Facebook. I'm about to share with you uh, a picture of winter who I actually met. I met winter. <sighs> you met uh, winter last night. That, that I met winter herself uh, on um, Facebook. I happened to stumble upon her while she was coming. It was an interesting situation. That sounded um, really bad, by the way. It was. I don't even know if that should go on the show. It should. Look, we don't. There's nothing that's <laughs> not Game appropriate of Bones, okay. for this show. <laughs> Look, just trust me, guys. You'll see the sign that she's wearing, and it says I'm coming, and you'll, you'll see it on Facebook. It'll be on the. I Facebook get. Wall, yeah, so. winter because she's winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's of winter. Course, she's, yeah, she was wearing a brilliant. scarf and a hat. It was really. Wow. It was really. There's context there. It was, yeah. It was, the it was the other thing that I would add though too is you can feel free to leave your owns for each of these chapters on Facebook as well. Uh, actually, uh, put up a cool cartoon today that shows Catalan along with Renly and Stannis, uh, and it's pretty funny. Uh, Renly sticking out his tongue with a half-bitten peach in his hand. <laughs> Catalan's kind of standing in the middle there, annoyed, and then Stannis just looks completely and utterly aggravated. So, uh, you know, feel feel free. What is it, Eric? Scrawl on our wall? Scrawl on our wall. And, of course, you can uh, leave us some feedback on iTunes. We've read a bunch of reviews out, so uh, we thank you guys for uh, sending us those reviews. We always appreciate hearing back from you what you think of the show. You Maybe if you have some ideas for some different segments and other things like that that we can do, but most importantly, it is a great place for other people who are interested in Game of Thrones to know that we exist and what you all think of us. So uh, you know, keep on heading on over there and uh, leaving us your feedback. We appreciate it. I can hear them doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay, so the next chapter that we have is a Sansa chapter. And uh, she takes some abuse in this next chapter, but we'll oh, hear all about yes. that the next time when we return. Way to go from, like, a really fun chapter to just, like, the most depressing, horrible chapter and, and horrible in a good way. It's a very, very good chapter. Thus are the ups and downs of life, I believe. And Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones. We'll see you all next time. I'm Eric Skull. I am Selena. Welcome. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Goodbye, guys. So, Selena, just so you know, I will uh, I will bring you some black stout as I head over <gasps> to the UK uh, in about a week or so, and you can give me some camel balls. That Do sounds it. good. Good exchange. We'll get so Bear drunk trade. and high on camel balls; it'll be the best. <laughs> then we'll podcast. Dude, about the black it. stout is so good. I'm not lying. The black stout. Is- <laughs>